Hello and welcome to Bad Songwriter Podcast. I'm your host, Anna Holmquist. We're here today with Sarah from Illuminati Hotties. How's it going? It's going okay. How you doing? <laughs> you know, just doing good, fine, okay. Quarantine the- good. Quarantine good, exactly, right. It's a different level of good. Though, I'm in Chicago here, and it's been, like, actually sunny and warming up some after, like, weeks of terrible snowstorms, so, like, that really helps. I read, I don't know if it was a tweet that I read today, or somebody sent me a message or something that said, like, after long weeks of winter, when the sun hits you, it really feels like you're on party drugs a little bit. You get outside, and you're like... (laughs) I feel I feel all buzzed yeah. from the sunshine. So yeah, I uh, I live in LA, so um, <laughs> so I'm just constantly buzzed, man. No, but I do remember I've spent some time in Boston, and I do remember like the first day of like spring, it, it was like barely touching 50 degrees, and people were like mm-hmm. outside in shorts and just having the best time. But we are not here to talk about the weather. <laughs> that would be boring we are here to talk about some bad songs oh man which you've sent you've sent along some bad songs so i'm excited to get into that yeah yeah i sent some you know i didn't i couldn't bear to send the worst of the worst there's i I also couldn't find the worst of the worst they might have died on hard drives long long ago but but i sent one that's pretty bad and and one that's really bad so hopefully that's enough that's totally fine you know some of them i i haven't done my own episode of the podcast yet but there's a couple of mine where there's one i know i need to include because it's really bad but like i don't know how i'm gonna like physically be able to like do it yeah (laughs) like like listen to it and get through it so i i get it yeah that's there was one that you know that i I had written for um a boyfriend in high school that was like Mm, yeah like really bouncy piano very like um sarah borellis love song piano and like really bad garage band vocals and I just like I couldn't I wanted to find it but then also I was like I don't know if I can bear to let that one fly anyway (laughs) when did you first start writing music you know I feel like I've been kind of writing music all along and little tunes here and there and as a kid I took piano lessons and I feel like I was writing some instrumental piano stuff just kind of playing around um, and then I feel like the first like actual songs I wrote with lyrics were probably sometime in high school. You know, for a long time I really hated my voice and I think that I didn't want to write thinking that I wouldn't be able to sing it. But then I realized it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it always takes a while to get confident in your own voice and like also just like find where your voice is comfortable. I don't know. Yeah, 100%. Totally. I mean, you know, I think maybe like at the end of middle school, actually, because I feel like um, Juno, the movie came out and like, you know, the whole soundtrack is Kimia Dawson. And I feel like that was the first time I really heard someone write amazing songs and and kind of not rely on being like a powerhouse vocalist you know Mm -hmm. when you first started writing stuff like full songs were you performing them out did you play with other people or was it (laughs) it was pretty just internal for yourself for a while oh yeah I never played a show of my own stuff for I mean probably not till after college like once Probably, honestly, Illuminati Hotties was probably the first reason that I actually had to play out. And I might have done a couple, like, solo-y, solo-bolo acoustic things uh-huh. before 
the birth of hotties, but but definitely was so just petrified to be singing in front of people. What made you finally do it? Um, some really nice and encouraging friends, you know, people who said like, "This song is awesome. Like, why don't you play it?" And I, or why don't you just like do one song at the at the hang, like, or one song at the, this, uh, friend of mine used to put on a backyard show that ended up getting kind of popular in his area, and, like, I would play one or two there, and then people were always like, you sound great, like, why don't you put a band together, or whatever, and I was kind of like, ah, I don't mm-hmm. know, I don't know if anybody who wants to hear me who's not, like, somebody who cares about me, <laughs> or who knows, like, <laughs> what the experiences I'm singing about are, you know? So, before you started playing your own stuff did you play instruments in any other bands or was that your first like gigging experience or playing out experience no I I played in quite a few bands I I used to be a drummer and so so mostly I was playing drums a lot in in high school a little bit in middle school like not really out as much in middle school but definitely all the time in high school all the time in college and a little after college you know when once I started like doing more studio stuff I definitely stopped practicing drums as much <laughs> <laughs> all right well you've you've brought along a few tracks here oh, and yeah. so we should just get into it let's jump in uh which is the first one that you want to listen to let's do this <laughs> it's like embarrassing even to say the titles <laughs> <laughs> let's do this song the ringleader that's that's the earlier of the two which was like one of the first completed i, I feel like i wrote a lot of like piecemeal songs and i f- this was the one that mm-hmm. i really remember sitting down and like intentionally writing as like a young like probably late teens early maybe maybe 20 probably more like 18 or 19 life is a circus round it goes round it goes restlessly rolling right out of this town i'm in the audience permanent residence cringing down out come the acrobats this and that this and that oh my gosh this is so cute <laughs> yeah this is definitely then comes the ringleader the extended metaphor look searching the stands for a brave volunteer wanna be on the trapeze like the thrill of a John Mayer chord, the flat seven. Oh yeah. Flying right through the ring of fire, but when the circus comes to town, I'll be here right on heavy ground, staring up with the clown. Oh my god, everything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I doubled down on this song for sure. Twice I think the first song that I ever like fully wrote was like this extended metaphor about drowning. It was like, oh, yeah. you know, like a very intense like love song about like nobody. <laughs> yeah, it's love writing the the love songs to uh, no one in particular. <laughs> yeah. You must go while me and my county fair are rooted right here. The like vocal. The vocal delivery is unreal in this song. Like the thrill of a human cannonball. I yell it loud in the big top. 
yeah. <laughs> Man effects. Fun. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Whoa. Um, I, I think I wrote that for an assignment, perhaps. Like uh-huh. maybe in my first or second semester of college, and I was just like in a songwriting class, and I was like, oh my god, I definitely can't show them the Sarah Bareilles rip-off boyfriend song, so I better write something. <laughs> something else and I think I wrote this and threw it together real quick and at the time that I wrote it I I think I felt really proud of it uh and I think there are a few things to feel proud of in there but it definitely I mean that would never fly like if I gave that to somebody they would be like what like what are you doing (laughs) I don't know like it's pretty weird like I feel like in like a typical writing career you like do all this really dorky lame stuff and then you and then you catch a stride and and you you know once you figure out more about yourself you can like kind of become the best writer that you are and then like probably when you're like 40 or 50 you like all of a sudden are doing these crazy extended metaphor like (laughs) nonsense songs (laughs) about like who knows what at that point in your life you know absolutely uh all right well you have one one more here for us to listen to. Yes, I do. If there's a- anything you want to say about that before we get into it. Yeah, I will say that this one is um, a little more produced, you know, like of of, a, of the handful of stuff I could send. You know, there was a lot of like guitar demo-y type stuff, but I thought this was kind of cool just because song-wise, it's like kind of, it's still pretty cringy to me, um, but pr- production-wise, like it's definitely proto-hotties, which I... I sort of like about it It, like it Mm -hmm. it was a final project for college so like at that point I kind of knew essentially like what the tools were at my disposal and I was just kind of like making use of whatever I could and like to different levels of taste you know like it, it was it was really fun to make I remember having a great time and like having a lot of my friends playing and singing on it but yeah it's definitely one of those songs that I could never ever ever play like if I just played it on guitar at a show I feel like people would be like again just like totally appalled <laughs> um yeah but with all the junk on it that I threw together for this project I I really y- you you can hear the DNA in there for sure of like what ended yeah. up becoming sort of my main steez which is pretty I don't know it's pretty interesting and also I feel like I can hear all of the songs that I stole ideas from for (laughs) sure in this one so yeah I mean I didn't you know demo uh, it's a little more than a demo but it's definitely feels embarrassing to me (laughs) still totally yeah yeah I think that's one of the things that I've really enjoyed about doing this podcast is that like with a lot of the people's older material you can sort of start hearing those threads or like hearing the things they were trying out and like where their current project was coming from it's like interesting to see the sort of like journey or growth of it or people like figuring stuff out like people going through different genres and being like well I tried being in a ska band but that's not really uh the sound that I'm going for yeah yeah totally all right well if you're ready we'll uh, we can give it a listen sure let's do it line of ink runs down my sheets it signifies 
defies the border of my broken, restless temper. I think I'm writing in my sleep. Cringy line. Terrible. <laughs> I think I'm writing in my sleep. I might remember how I describe myself in three words. Also, but I'm no adjective inventor. I say all sorts of stuff that I don't mean to say. <laughs> the clapping. Oh, yeah. A whole gang come up. Oh, yeah. It's getting way too Half time. Trying to be good. I kind of fuck with this drum beat. Maybe I'll steal this. Yeah. That's the best thing about old materials. You can steal from yourself. <laughs> we got whistling. We got clapping. We got the gang. We got everything. Sometimes everything looks blurred. Too tired to hold a vision Sometimes I scare the shit out of myself <laughs> Sometimes I scare the shit out of myself I barely know why <laughs> I'm oh, edgy. Living, <laughs> But there's a reason I've made it this far I may not be professional But I'm slightly proficient I've used an old friend's car keys for So sitcom. <laughs> did you record this in a studio? Yeah, I did it at the school studios. So it, it does quality-wise. I mean, it's not that bad. Yeah, for sure. I think taste-wise, it has a lot to gain. <laughs> still. <laughs> I felt like kind of cheating putting that song in, but it's definitely st equally hard to listen to for other reasons <laughs> than the first song. Totally. Um, and it was a blast. I mean, I I feel like I can tell that like it was just so fun. Like I was having such a great time doing it. But oh yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, like 
again, like, if a, if a band who was, like, 20 showed me that song, I'd be like, awesome. We, I can work with that, you know? But it can't come out sounding like this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, for sure. And, yeah, and just, I don't know, it's so weird to, like, lyrically, I feel like I've gone so many different places. Like, vocal performance wise it's oh my god i I can't believe that i thought that was a good vocal performance and it probably honestly (laughs) was the best i could do at that point yeah even in the last i don't know two years i feel like i've been able to like harness my voice in in so many more ways than i used to be able to for sure i i I can just do so much more and i have so, so much stronger uh intuition vocally and and definitely like Mm. that was the first that was the first song where i was like picking a vocal and being like that is like that is representative of like my best vocal take like whatever i comp together for that you know and now it's like i don't know you can hear like you can hear where my voice is like kind of right on it's like like going over the break of my voice is really bumpy like the my chest voice is all nasally my higher stuff is like has no control that's like the biggest difference between both of those songs and now i think is that i don't know i mean that seems like a completely unmarketable vocal to me (laughs) and now i feel like i can at least sort of you know, trick people into thinking I can, I have a control over my voice, you know? I doubt that it's that much of a trick. But yeah, I know. I mean, I think especially, like I was saying before, like it's hard to get a sense of your own voice. And then when you're like hearing your own voice back at first and like being in the studio environment and singing with headphones on and having to like re-listen to your own vocal takes and try to determine what's good. Like I remember just being like, whatever, like I don't want to do, I don't even want to like listen back to these. Somebody else can just pick, I'll just pick whatever one seems fine. Not going to listen that hard. It was just felt like really embarrassing to like listen to my own singing voice. Super embarrassing. It's awful. Yeah. And it really is. Yeah. And like, I mean, obviously it's like so unnatural. It's like you never, you never hear your voice back. Just being like a normal person who like walks or like most people, I think up till probably fairly recently now that everybody's like, you know, creating social media content with videos. (laughs) And I mean, you know, I feel like now it's so much more normal to have heard what your voice sounds like. And I feel, oh yeah, I feel like as a kid, for sure, like I was shocked the first time I heard my voice. And like, I really don't think that's the case anymore. Now that people are like, so have like recording devices literally in in their palm of their hands at all time, you know? Yeah. I mean, you can hop on TikTok and upload a video of yourself singing and listen back to it in like one second. But yeah, I mean, I definitely like have a distinct memory of like really hearing my own recorded voice for the first time in high school because I just, yeah, we didn't, we had like one family computer. It didn't have like recording stuff on it, you know, like, so I really had no sense of like if I could even sing at all exactly <laughs> for a really long time I don't know yeah and certainly no social media giving me feedback on whether or not I could sing thank god yeah yeah <laughs> exactly yeah I mean as far as I knew I could not sing I was like pretty positive actually that I couldn't sing and I thought that my speaking voice was so weird and then I just didn't have any practice with either 
And now mm-hmm. I feel like, obviously, it's so, it's second nature, and I kind of take that for granted and, and definitely notice that every time I'm producing a newer artist, mm-hmm. you, you know, noticing that they don't they're they don't know all the tricks that they can do yet or that they're like kind of like again yeah being like like exactly what you said where they're like ah fuck this like i'm gonna go in the other room i don't want to hear every take like just do something you know and like yeah yeah, just like fully not not understanding how to use the muscles to like get it to come back sounding a certain way it's so weird (laughs) yeah (laughs) i guess it takes a while Definitely, definitely. How would you say that your songwriting process has changed over the years? It definitely has become less elusive to me. I think as a kid, I was like, I'm going to write a song because I'm inspired, you know? And Mm -hmm. that moment is so fleeting. And it's like, how do people have albums and albums and albums of stuff if, if writing a song is just like being like, oh, I'm feeling an emotion and like, or, oh, I'm, like, doodling on the guitar and, like, then I'm just gonna, like, do some crazy hyper-focused shit and, like, come up for air three hours later with a song or whatever. You know, now I feel like there's a lot... I have, like, a lot more... uh, a longer timeline for writing songs. Like, I'll write, like, a verse or a couple verses or, like, verse and a chorus and then, like, not really think about it for months and then come back and be like, oh, this is, like... This is cool... I was definitely, like, catching a feeling when I just wrote the first few lines, but, like, now I can use it for, like, something else. Um, So I I think that it it became less mysterious. It became longer, more drawn out, less, like, intense in the moment. Although, obviously, that stuff happens, too, in in a very human way. Um, And also, I just sort of became, like, a collector, which I didn't realize... A lot of writers do when I was younger uh, of just I just was like in my notes app on my phone or like I had a little book for a while I just would write down like so much stuff all the time like I would just write down three words here or like a line or like a full verse or like a poem or like you know just random stuff that I was thinking about or mm-hmm. that I thought sounded cool total nonsense even that just was like words that I thought went together and just collected little snippets every single day all the time and and I feel like I got really good at that in college and then I realized that that's like a tool that a lot of people use of, of just like writing shit down forgetting about it immediately and then having this whole long notes thing to harvest from when you need missing pieces for a song that's already in progress or to like you know kick off an idea so definitely all that stuff factored in and it, it went from being like It went from me feeling something and expressing it, like, with very little... Oh, just knock this microphone. With very little lead time to, like, me just sort of becoming, like, an observer and a collector and then funneling it all down when when the time... When I had time to to finish a song. Definitely, I don't know, that that maybe sounded like nonsense. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm like, no, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> okay. it, it, it makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, I think this is another thing that like having like your phone and a re- readily accessible like way to quickly record something has definitely changed things for me too. I mean, not only like collecting things in my notes app, but even collecting little like a little guitar line or whatever, just on my voice memo, or I have this like little eight track recorder app. So I can like, if I come up with something, I can just record it really quick and then name it something dumb Mm -hmm. so I can't remember what it is and then it's and then it's there so then if I'm feeling like okay I need another part for the song I can scroll through and like listen to those pieces instead of like writing it not writing it down in any way and just completely forgetting it which is what I used to do a lot yeah exactly completely forget things I created (laughs) yeah a hundred percent I mean there was definitely like I feel like the hardest process to learn was translating from your from my my brain to a page and I remember in high school I had this dream essentially I dream I felt like I dreamt a symphony and I I like Mm -hmm. had all the pieces in my mind and it was very much like watching a an orchestra play a piece and it you know it was pretty basic I mean it was you know there there was like a theme and there was like some harmony and and then like a b section and I remember having this vivid dream and waking up at six in the morning and running running downstairs and hitting one note on the piano and instantly forgetting everything like I just couldn't re- like I, I couldn't sing it back to you now I have no idea what it sounds it sounded like but it felt yeah. so visceral in the dream and I was like felt when I woke up I was like oh my god like this is like a once in a lifetime moment and I ran to try and play it and I like that process has become so much more natural to me of like hearing something tonally and then being able to pick up an instrument and just be like it sounds like this do 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 you know playing it totally yeah. the uh the translation phase has become a lot easier which is both a product of being just a better musician. I mean, I think that like the more you practice your instrument, the more it's just right. second nature. And if you're like singing singing in the key of B and you just kind of like can subconsciously feel that and like put your fingers in the right place. Whereas, yeah, when I was a kid, I just didn't have the skill and flow to do that. Yeah, totally. Um, what are some things you've been listening to lately that you've been liking? I um, love the new katie kirby record um yes i really like it too yes she's gonna do the podcast like next week awesome yeah that is like (laughs) truly fantastic songwriting you know i was kind of put onto it by um keeled scales the label that put katie's record out they Mm -hmm. they just like sent it along to me and and um i was just an instant fan it's it was it's so good um what else am I listening to that's a really I feel like that's a little bit of a loaded question (laughs) (laughs) I you know my day job also happens to be music and when it gets busier it it's definitely hard to find leisure time to to listen to music um just because I listen to music all day long and as much as I would love to relax and turn on a record that I'm not working on it's a little hard to like turn my brain off and and I don't have to drive that many places anymore so which is also a huge factor in how much I listened to stuff um I will say 
Uh, the new Ian Sweet record that came out today is really fantastic, and my former boss Chris Cody worked on it, and so both both cool. Jillian and Chris absolutely killed it on that record. Bartice, strange, amazing. The Chloe and Hallie record that came out either last year or the year before is really good, and they're like a they're like young, like maybe nineteen or twenty, and Beyonce right. signed them, so that's kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then also my other like weird random one that it, i love to listen to just because it really does not feel like work which when i'm listening to new music and music that's either like in the in the zeitgeist or that is you know like coming out as fresh sometimes it feels a little bit like homework um right. lately because i'm just like oh like what tricks are these people doing that I, that I should do or that like mm-hmm. you know what what is cool right now which is important and like you know with Katie's record especially it was kind of like I, I felt that it was an especially powerful record in that I wasn't thinking about all that stuff I was just like wow like I was just enjoying the art um, but there's this guy Jackson C. Frank who's a, an old bluesman songwriter guy that's kind of like Nick Drake adjacent I guess I have no idea where this guy's from but I just somebody put me onto his record recently and um and it's great it just feels like warm and nice and easy to listen to uh I don't know that sounds great that's kind of like I'll have to check it out yeah it's it's really it's an awesome record it's like one of those ones I think that disappears and reappears every few years kind of like uh, in a Plantasia way or something where like all of a sudden everybody's <laughs> yeah. like after the vinyl and then a few years later nobody thinks about it do you find do you find yourself listening to podcasts more or like just needing silence because you're listening to a lot of music for work there's a few podcasts I really like I podcasts make me a little sleepy it it's very like lulling to like listen to people yeah. talk to each other and um, and so I, it's hard for me to fo- focus on, on a podcast sometimes and unless somebody specifically sort of points one out that, the, that they know I would appreciate or, um, I listen to like what a day or NP either what a day or up first, which just kind of give you the news in like a 15 minute bite. So you don't have to like be inundated in the way that sometimes news be on the internet (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) but yeah podcast world i don't know i also think that there's like a a perfectionism element to like if i get into a podcast then suddenly i'm like i have to listen to all 250 episodes of this podcast yeah i know that i know that well yeah exactly i am a huge completionist when it comes to podcasts or like bad tv shows and i'm like well i have to listen to every single episode and so now this is my life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like that. So then often it's easier for me to just not. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that. Yeah. Um, but that's why news podcasts are great because they're like quick and they, you know, it. if you miss a bunch of news podcasts, then like that time period is already passed. Um, so like the only one you really want to listen to is like the most current one. Um, that's very true. Yeah. I do love also there's a podcast called Game of Roses, which is a an amazing dissection of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. 
That sounds awesome. It's, <laughs> it's so good. It's very, very clever. And like I already was fully, um, un- unfortunately, have been deep in the Bachelor cringe watching for a long time. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for listening to my bad songs. <laughs> Hell yeah. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. I've linked to Illuminati Hotties music in the episode description. You can find us on Instagram at Bad Songwriter and on Twitter at Bad underscore Songwriter. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd really love it if you would rate, review, subscribe, follow, share with a friend, share on social media, all of these things. Help us out. If you are an artist who would like to be on the show, you can email me at badsongwriterpod at gmail.com. Hope you have a good week and feel free to smash to this podcast. Bye. You were so cool.